0: Chapter 13 of Our Western Birds. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Our Western Birds by Elizabeth and Joseph Grinnell. Kildeer Plover. These birds named themselves as many other birds have done, by their loud cry of kill deer, kill deer. Would they keep still and not talk about themselves so much, they would escape many a hunter's game bag. But kill deer, kill deer, comes from all around, and so the birds give themselves away. The game birds should learn a lesson of the hunters, who do not keep calling to one another all the time. This plover is fond of fresh water, and is not seen on the sea coast with its cousins, the snowy plovers. It loves damp meadows and inland ponds and marshes. The kildeer has long, slender legs which carry it through the marsh grass or the alfalfa fields. They look very droll, as if they were holding up their skirts for fear of wetting them in the dew. If you find their feeding grounds and sit perfectly still in the early morning, you may have to kill deer coming very close to you. One could watch them a long while every day and not grow tired. You will not see them in large flocks, but in family groups or pairs. The food of this plover is small animals such as snails and slugs and water pugs and worms in fact, any little insect or other animal that lives in moist ground. They have a queer way of listening with their beaks when the creatures they wish to eat are underground. Little nerves run down into the tip of the bill so that it is sensitive. When a killdeer wants to find out if a worm is anywhere within hearing, it rests its beak lightly on the ground as if listening it is able to follow the sounds it hears, and the beak goes straight to the worm or insect. If the bird is uncertain as to any food being in the ground beneath her, she has an original way of stamping her foot as hard as she can when up comes the object she is after. On this account, certain plovers are sometimes called stampers. Why any creature comes up to the surface of the ground when Kildeer stamps its foot, nobody knows. Perhaps it is from the wish to be hospitable, as when a person answers a knock at the door. The nest of the Kildeer is very simple. It is only a little depression in the ground like a saucer. These birds like old driftwood and shore rubbish. There are many insects which Kildeers love to hunt in old wood of any kind. The eggs are three, creamy white dotted with brown. The very day they are out of the shell, the young birds are ready for a run along the watercourses or the irrigating ditches. They are covered in thick down, the colour of the ground, so that it is not easy for a person to catch sight of them. If you come near one of them, it will spread itself out on the ground and keep still. Suddenly you may see the old mother killdeer a rod away. She seems to be having a fit of some sort. She flutters and drags her wings on the ground, or holds one wing above her back as if in distress. She also cries and pants as if wounded. No one can find it in his heart to harm a wounded bird, so, of course, you will stoop to pick up the poor thing, thinking you may be able to do something for her, when off she goes. Then you laugh to yourself and you wander back to the place where you first saw her, and you hunt the ground all over for the young killdeer, which you are sure must be somewhere around. The best thing to do is to sit down and keep as still as a mouse. After a while, you may see the little birds spring up from your very feet and scamper off. Our farmers like to have the killdeer live nearby, especially if there be alfalfa fields. After these fields have been irrigated, these bird farm hands attend to their business of thinning out the insects and snails. Why should not kildir be fond of snails when they are considered a great dainty by some of our own people in Europe and some parts of America? On account of this mention of our friends, the snails, you will probably take a second look at the next one you see. End of chapter 13. Recording by Alan Mapstone.